So today we'll be talking about emotional intelligence and spiritual health as a visionary. Or another way to put it, when did the creative marketplace turn into high school? I'll tell you right now, this episode is double the normal time, but I really wanted to get into this one. I've noticed something recently that was bothering me, that too many creatives are losing themselves or their passion to the industry and rhythms of chasing their dreams. Kind of an oxymoron, right? That following your purpose and your dreams would actually cause you to lose parts of your fire. Yet still, there are a lot of creative-minded visionaries being honest with themselves and reevaluating their own relationships with their business and their dream ventures. Admitting that their days are not all Instagrammed coffee shops, home office decorating, speaking engagements, and 10K months. You'll even notice that some of the very same people and brands who were the face of these things are feeling the energy shift in their own audience and their brand messages are pulling back and trying to be more realistic and grounded. But the season of question and reflection is healthy. Evaluation is key as you evolve in your creativity. You should always be doing spirit checks and making sure you're following your dreams and not just the idea of them. Asking yourself questions like, are you doing the exact thing you need to be doing? Or are you jumping on an inspired idea that seemed like a guaranteed path to a result you want more than the impact? Because what you don't want is to create a life where you're waiting to make it and possibly not being present in the beautiful life you already have happening and unfolding. Where the creative work becomes a burden and the sacrifices don't become worth it where the freedom evades you and you find yourself trapped in a rhythm that doesn't fit your soul. The problem is that we have a new realm full of possibility where a lot of old mindsets began to mix in and create a hybrid realm full of elements that mirrored the cliches and stereotypes of high school. What elements are these? Well, first, clicks. There's a lot of talk about sisterhood and community over competition, yet the actions of many, not all, but many in the industry are contradictory to the buzzwords being tossed around. It's up to all of us to stop glorifying the BS and hold people accountable to their brand message. Support those who live it all the way through. There's room for everyone, and if you don't agree with that, you do need to check your own insecurities and work through that and stop hiding behind the alliance and false security of being validated by what a click would bring you. Your network matters, but some of the creatives are getting lost in that, and I definitely don't want that for any of you. Second, popularity contest. The obsession with follower counts is getting ridiculous and clouding the intentions of what people share online. They share for the validation of others and not to add value. What they do in their real life to create what they share is sometimes even more ridiculous. The worst part is the way people judge each other based on follower counts. You don't know how people got their followers and what it represents. And yes, follower counts can translate and convert, but obsessing over them is childish. Make an effort to build an audience and have a clear strategy, but leave the popularity contest mentality at the door. Step back and ask yourself why you even care or need it so much if it's beginning to become a thing in your life. Why do you feel the need to be liked so badly by others? And the next time you find yourself judging someone or their value based on the size of their followers or the lack thereof, just stop. Third, calculated agenda. Strategy is great, but having a constant underlying self-serving agenda is annoying, and people are starting to have a sense for it. People are tired of being worked over. It's time to stop approaching the initiation of connections as a game of stockpiling who you know and what they can do for you. Again, there's value in your network, but can we please stop the weird stalking people and thinking that being next to them is going to make your brand pop off? You want to be in the mix just to be in the mix not because you really want to get to know that person. 
It seems being associated has more value to people than actually getting to know people for who they are and letting any business connections happen naturally on top of that. This also goes for trying to befriend people just to use their skill. Making friends with a designer because you're hoping to get a free web design is tacky. Taking that brand strategist out to lunch to hopefully prompt a free session as you eat is equally as tacky. It's that behavior that has creators putting their guards up. It's what has them thinking twice about offering their help to people. Creatives are tired of being used. When you stop seeing others as what you can get from them, you drop the agenda naturally. If you find yourself doing this, translate that energy into becoming a high-value source of your own instead of trying to coast on the wave of someone else's. Fourth, ego. It is so sad to see people achieve a level of accomplishment and allow their ego to take over. I don't care who you are or how many figures you're clearing a month, there is no excuse for ego. To justify arrogance or hang your hat on accolades, finances, and attention is the weakest thing in the world to do. There's always someone more popular, influential, or wealthy than you, so finding your validation and worth in those type of metrics is the quickest way to lose sight of what really matters as far as character, morals, and impact. Ego is the warning shot of low self-esteem. Don't feed into others' creation of their own ego and make sure to always look for signs of one developing below the surface of your own instincts and behaviors. Fifth, peer pressure. Peer pressure looks different now than it did back in high school. It may have been a drink or a drug back then, but now it's a course in a lifestyle. The tactics of peer pressure are subliminal but alive and well within the blogs, feeds, Pinterest boards, and every other outlet of media that we consume. It's not all bad, but how you let it influence and affect you is what matters. Peer pressure only has a negative power when you allow it to. If you find yourself making decisions out of wanting to keep up or the fear of missing out, it's time to check your guided decision-making factors within and be honest about what's influencing them. Peer pressure is a strong sales tactic, and now that being an influencer is an actual job title, just be aware of its effect on your own life decisions and worldview. Now, you may not be able to get rid of the realities of everything I just named, but you can develop in the spiritual health and emotional intelligence skills that counteract the energy of them. Hopefully, a byproduct of this is that it will begin to transform the marketplace, but until then, it will transform your days and your own life experience. What areas of development is this? Number one, maturity. That personal understanding from deep within about realizing what matters and having a strong sense of priority along with it. It's knowing the world doesn't revolve only around you and how it affects you. It's thinking beyond yourself and how what you do triggers things in the world, which leads me to number two, leadership and service. Realizing that leading is less about attention and more about responsibility and outreach is everything. It requires taking time to intentionally understand other people's perspectives and be available to pour your energy into solutions and initiatives that uplift. Number three, faith and purpose. Your relationship with God has to be the center of everything that you do. It will confirm what you need to put your efforts to. Your faith will help you be available to God's positioning in your life. When you have a deeper driving force, you remain centered and not distracted by trends and foolery. You trust the development God is guiding you through. You trust the plans and the wisdom that he downloads because you know that he knows what's ahead better than anyone in the world. That trust should transcend everything else. Number four, self-esteem and confidence. When you're sold on you, you stop seeking others for validating your legitness. When you feel fulfilled within, you're not filling voids or allowing the needs to be filled to become your motivation for everything that you're doing within your business and your creativity. 
you'll also find yourself communicating more transparently because you're not overcompensating out of fear or fraudulence. You own the situations and realities in your life and there's a freedom in that. Number five, discipline and tenacity, AKA self-control and self-motivation. This piggybacks on purpose that when you trust your own abilities, you're less likely to rely on others to be your guarantee. You don't put your eggs in somebody else's brand basket. You have to learn how to overcome and continue through challenges, to see them as teaching moments. Stop waiting on others to motivate you or co-sign on what you're doing. Stop letting the first time you hear no become the end of your story. Cultivate a focused, unstoppable energy and see where it takes you. So all that sounds well and good, but what's the everyday application of that look like? Well, here are some of the best ways to apply some of those skills. Number one, be in the lane that God wants you to be in. A lot of things happen when you feel jealous, intimidated, left out, or that you're underachieving. You get desperate without realizing it. You start taking on angles, approaches, and strategies that aren't meant for you. We have let strategy justify overruling aligning with the will of God for our life purposes and talents. We hope God fits into our plans instead of consulting him on what his are for us. Then we wonder why things don't work. God is not going to let you go down a path that isn't for you. Easiest way he can ensure that won't happen? Block the progress for your protection. This isn't a fail-proof guidance since God can do whatever he wants, but it is a great flag to perk up your own perspective and seek him for guidance when you notice it happening. You cannot separate your business and spiritual life anymore. They need to be intertwined and they need to reflect the wisdom and strategy of both realms. God needs to be your mentor, CEO, business partner, investor, PR agent, and coach. He wants to be. He is using the experience and entity of your business to spend time with you and grow together as well as to help you personally develop into who you are becoming. It's not always about sales and metrics. When you're ready for that from the inside, he will bring it. Number two, stop rushing development. We all have got to see that the real success lies in niching in. It's not so much about the niche itself, it's the process it takes to get you there. When you spend time seeking your truth, learning, developing, practicing, and mastering before you ever launch a website, you work a lot of the truth kinks out. You see what parts you actually like and don't. You can like an aspect of an industry, but not the relating ones. The good news is you're allowed to offer the things that you truly excel at doing. For example, design is an aspect of branding. Yes, I can do design and make websites, but I know from experience it's not what I really love to provide. It took asking myself what part of the branding process is most effortless to you. In a meeting of the topic of branding, if it were being discussed, what would you feel most authoritative and passionate about? What part of branding do you soak yourself into to learn more about? And my favorite clarity prompting question, what part of the process are you relieved not to have to be responsible for? Answering that question can answer a lot for you and free you up to focus. And all these questions can be applied to whatever industry and business you're a part of. I knew I didn't want to study how to make certain mass graphic effects in Photoshop, but I did want to study the consumer psychology of people so I can effectively write in a way that connects. That was me honoring my inspiration and my intuitions for what my interests and my passions were. I always say inspiration is a call back to the truth God placed in you. Follow the path of passion, peace, and intuition, and you'll be on the path that may, of course, have obstacles, but there will be momentum and favor, too. Trust that. Don't be afraid to evolve, and don't be afraid to take your time doing it. 
Number three, keep your priorities and your why in order. The worst thing ever is to step back and realize everything you're doing and find yourself saying, but what? This piggybacks on the previous statement. If you don't have a deep, soul-filled, aligned purpose that is driving you, you will eventually sit back and say, why? If you don't know your real why, you'll end up asking yourself why one day. You have to know that this is what you're supposed to be doing. A good idea isn't always what you need to be doing. It has to be the exact thing you're called to be doing. Number four, shift your mindsets. It's time to graduate from high school and it's time to leave all the insecurities and issues at the marketplace door and boldly live out your creative truth and let others do the same in peace. All the stuff I listed above all comes down to two things. It's time to grow up and it's time to get over yourself. Number five, make sure you're not just into the idea of your business, but not the reality of it. For years, entrepreneurship and being your own boss has been trendy. Statistically, business is not going anywhere. Children are being raised in a level of possibility we've never seen. That will result in more innovation, meaning more visions that need to be developed. But the trendy, saturated idea that anybody can be in business and that passive income while sipping mojitos on the beach is the norm is slowly going away, which is actually a beautiful thing. It will filter out wannabe brandwagon people who actually have a different call on their life. Not everyone is built for business. It's not a bad thing. They are built to make an impact in different ways, maybe to be a part of a bigger vision. You can have impact without having a business or being the boss. You have to decide for yourself. Do you love the idea of your vision or could you never imagine not doing it? So many people try stuff and can easily go into whatever looks like a sure bet. You have to be the person that couldn't do anything else because this is what you do. It's what you couldn't not do. It's what you would still do even if there wasn't a business label attached to it. It's what you can't help but be excellent in and known for. It's when there is no plan B. That is a guiding key to knowing you're committed and exactly where you're called to be. And sometimes when you're not in your lane, that's when a lot of those high school behaviors come out of you or you get affected by others exhibiting them. It's usually because there's a lot of overcompensating going on for a lot of truth that isn't there. Overall, I'm afraid the industry and the human nature element of people's issues tainted the reality for many and have caused some to throw in the towel or hate the process. I say this because over the years of being in business, there have been many days, weeks, months, and overall seasons where I've been there, where it's like, oh my God, this industry is draining, corny, and annoying, and I'm over the politics of all of it. But I don't stop because I know my why. I've stopped letting money and standards determine the worth of my vision. I've stepped back and seen what was influencing my feelings, which was just that, influence of preceded notions of success or legitimacy. I found I'm happier niching in so deeply that my clients become friends we fit so well. I'm happier charging less than I know I could because I know what it's like to have to choose between food and business investments. I'm happier not being on social media as much and not exposing myself to a million feeling-inducing images and concepts that do nothing but clutter my own life experience. I'm happier taking the sparked relationships from online offline and nurturing them for real so that I don't have to live on social media to engage. I'm also happy blocking out weeks where I don't schedule anything so that I can experience the quality of life with my family I work so hard to access. I'm happier not feeling like I have to drown myself in every how-to blog and course and knowing I can do things in a way that is authentic to me. 
I've learned that that's what it looks like for me in certain places of my creative development. I've learned you can have a presence without getting lost and without doing it everyone else's way. And it's that right there that helps you recognize and guard yourself against all the distracting energies that inevitably come to cloud a beautiful process. I pray that all of us continue to find each of our truths and what it looks like for each of us differently. If God is showing you new outlets for your gifts and talents that look different than what you expected, trust it. If your spirit is feeling heavy and restless, be conscious of what you've been exposing yourself to and where the feelings are coming from and what it might be trying to teach you. We have to see that everything is a teaching moment. You may have been feeling frustrated and maybe kind of heavy and over the idea of keeping your business running and developed and sustainable, but never ever give up if that's not what God is leading you to do. Pushing through these times is what helps us develop in our emotional intelligence and spiritual health, and developing in those areas will only help us in our creative endeavors.